The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Katrina L. is with us, senior economist at Moody's Analytics, joining us uh, from Sydney. Katrina, thanks for being with us. I think you have to admit uh, the, the data that we had here in the U.S. was pretty encouraging. The retail sales number stronger than forecast and inflation expectations moderated a bit this month. Yeah, it, it's fantastic news, actually. And it, it does mean that, um, that the U.S. economy is actually uh, – you know, in a in a better position than what was expected, and it you know it does also increase the the likelihood that you know we're hearing a lot about um, whether the Fed is actually going to be able to engineer this this um, magical soft landing as a result of its more aggressive tightening policy. And if we do have consumers in a in a better position, and if we do have inflation expectations coming down, it does really. Um, in, improve that optimism, and we're, we're really craving optimism at the moment because we know that there's there's so many headwinds to the global economy, and so the fact that U.S. consumers are, are doing a bit better and inflation expectations are coming down is certainly good news. So, where does that place things in terms of your expectations for the Fed meeting this month? Is a hundred basis points live, or is it going to be the seventy-five? I mean, it's looking at this point like it's going to be the 75 basis points. I mean, if inflation expectations are coming down, there's really no need for the, the Fed to really go so gung-ho and aggressive on 100 basis points. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And it also really does mean that because uh, U.S. consumers and uh, U.S. Um, business sentiment is, is in that fragile position, I mean, I think it's a lot for them to try and take in their stride that additional 100 basis points. And I mean, 75 basis points as well is quite a lot to take in their stride as well. So um, yeah, I think the the 75 basis points is definitely the more sensible option at this point. So do you think the commodities market is telling us that the Fed will succeed and, and perhaps there is a high probability of a soft landing? I mean, that's the, that's the question that's on everyone's minds at the moment. I mean, there is a, there is still that really overwhelming fear that we are heading towards a global recession and recession risks in the US are still uncomfortably high. And part of that is a consequence of the fact that the Fed is moving so aggressively to try and tame inflation and inflation expectations. So it really does uh, remain to be seen. But what we're really paying a lot of attention on is how how business and how well uh, business and consumer sentiment are traveling. Because we know that while there you know, isn't necessarily a strong causal link between how businesses and consumers feel and how they actually you know, spend and make investment plans, we know that if they do start to really materially retreat and that anxiety that they're already feeling does translate to their behavior, then that's something that we really need to, to pay uh, close attention to. Well, we've had this warning today from the IMF that it's going to cut its growth outlook substantially. How would you define substantial? 
I mean, substantial in this kind of environment is is really uh, a relative term. I mean, what we're seeing at the moment is that there's so many headwinds coming to the to the global economy at the moment. I mean, it's not just coming from major central banks moving aggressively, and it's not just as a consequence of Russia's invasion of Ukraine pushing up um, supply side inflation, but you know. If we're looking particularly at APAC at the moment, I mean, China's zero COVID policy is, is really causing substantial and, and significant economic headwinds. We saw that GDP print for China released last week, and that was a material downside surprise. And so, I mean, if, if we're seeing global growth coming in between that 2 to 3% realm mm-hmm. this year, I think that that would be um, within expectations at this point. And Katrina, you did mention uh, COVID zero uh, when we were talking uh, just a moment ago in China. For China growth, what are the longer term implications of hanging on to this policy? Yeah, I mean, there are significant um, headwinds as a result of this ongoing zero COVID policy. I mean, we know that, um, you know, policymakers in China are really acting countercyclical to the rest of the globe because um, they are having to uh, be be very quite, you know, quite aggressive when it comes to um, monetary stimulus and fiscal stimulus to try and insulate the economy, you know, partially as a result of this zero COVID policy. I mean, when it comes to the property market, we've seen that local governments have, you know, eased buying curbs, they've they've cut mortgage rates, they've partially relaxed ownership rules, all in a bid to try and reinvigorate the property market, just because it's such an important stimulus for, for the broader economy. And I mean, to date, they haven't had um, you know, much success when it comes to all these actions that they've, you know, done because the the potency of policy has been reduced by by zero COVID, and so that's that that's a concern, and it means that um, from a medium term perspective, you know, the government's really shifted its stance away from um, deleveraging campaign and looking at the longer term sustainability questions towards really trying to to prop up near term growth in China. And is the best way to do that, in your view, is to go about spending a little bit more on infrastructure? Is that going to really deliver the bang that is necessary? I mean, that's the the Chinese government's tried and true method when it comes to trying to um, stimulate the economy, to move to that infrastructure spending. And I mean, you know, in the past, that has been quite a a good way of actually helping China's economy get back on its feet from a demand perspective. And we are actually expecting that infrastructure spending this year will provide a decent lift to Chinese growth. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's a decent and, and tried and true method in China. Is it going to work this time, though? Because if it's a COVID zero policy, everyone's got to stay home. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing as well in China is that, um, you know, while there is the the risk of another kind of Shanghai style lockdown where we do see these extended lockdowns, you know, there is that that strong preference as well towards more localised, sharp lockdowns. And so while that is obviously creating a lot of anxiety because the the government isn't um, embracing endemic living the way the rest of the world is. It does mean that um, more localised lockdowns, you know, means that, you know, that the infrastructure spending might be able to to, um, kind of 
lift the demand environment, particularly if there are exemptions offered to, to certain workers to continue to um, you know, allow those projects to, to keep going. One of the interesting things to watch is this, the boycotting situation on some of the mortgages for these properties. And I'm wondering if you've considered the second order effect of something like this. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is really interesting and it's also concerning what's happening in China when it comes to um, the fact that, you know, the, the stimulus that's being offered isn't necessarily being, um, you know, taken up by households. So households uh, are refusing to, for example, pay um, their mortgage payments because they're not able to actually do that. And so, I mean, that's that's a, a consequence in the it really does bring to the, the forefront the broader questions around social cohesion in China, because we know that, um, you know, Chinese growth needs to tick over at a certain rate for, you know, jobs growth to continue and for um, social cohesion to continue. And if that's not happening, then it really does, uh, you know, yeah, bring to the forefront those questions about um, how, you know, whether households are going to continue to adhere to this zero COVID policy, even if there are those significant restrictions on, on their activity. Katrina, 30 seconds left. couple of big central bank meetings in Asia this week, Bank of Indonesia, Bank of Japan. What are you expecting? So the, the real one to watch will be Bank Indonesia. And we are expecting a 25 basis point hike from them because the, the rupee is coming under increasing um, you know, pressure. And so um, they are wanting to kind of stabilize that. And so we think that Bank Indonesia will finally come off the sidelines and, mm -hmm. and deliver a 25 basis point hike. All right. Thanks so much, Katrina L, Senior Economist at Moody's Analytics. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.